Hello and welcome to Everyday SEL. My name is Chris Williams and joined today by Hannah Collentine Cole and Micey Lee. Shauna Cook Harvey is off today. But uh, welcome to the both of you. Great to uh, great to be with you again. And uh, so here we are. We are almost exactly a, a year from when we here in California, here in California, sent students home and uh, sent the adults home for two weeks and said to folks, you know, uh, we're going to go home for two weeks to flatten the curve. And after spring break, we'll come back. Uh, and that was one, almost exactly one year ago. And uh, now here in California, we are really getting ready to welcome students back uh, here in Sac County. Uh, all districts are, uh, you know, making a plan to welcome students back. I think across California, most districts are getting ready to welcome <laughs> students back. Some districts have uh, welcomed students back, um, but there's a, this huge push now. And um, I'm wondering um, how we are all doing uh, this idea of adults welcoming students back and what um, state of mind uh, are we all in after a year away? And the reason I bring this up is because uh, I had an experience not that long ago that was um, challenging. Um, a, a colleague and I uh, dealt with a situation at work where there was a decision that was made that uh, we didn't necessarily agree with. And I think in, under, under normal, normal circumstances, that decision would have been uh, disappointing. And the feeling that I think my, I and my, my colleague had was uh, it, it was catastrophic. Um, and uh, I feel like we're all just operating at like maximum capacity and we're all kind of approaching or bumping up against our breaking point. And in the conversation with this colleague, um, the, you know, the, the, they said, you know, and I, I'm not doing well. And that kind of launched into a conversation about, you know, we were starting to share kind of war stories about like, well, yeah, like I'm not sleeping. Oh yeah. I wake up every day, you know, and my jaw hurts cause I'm clenching my teeth. And, um, and I guess I'm just wondering how often is that conversation happening in our systems or not happening, right? But how often are folks just feeling done, broken, uh, tapped out? And is that where we are <laughs> when we're about to welcome kids back? And if that's where we are, where are the kids? Where are the families? And how are we systemically preparing for this, for this situation where potentially dysregulated adults are going to be welcoming dysregulated students. And, and what are we, what are we getting ready for? Uh, and here we go. I just dove right in, but uh, you know, Micey thoughts on that. Wow. Actually, in hearing you say, uh, takes me back to those two weeks that we really thought, <laughs> you know, two nice weeks to, uh, you know, a um, little, little bit of a break, right? <laughs> um, but 
it's the longest two weeks that I never want back. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I have to say to that because you're right. I mean, it, it will be a year, I think next week, um, mm-hmm. that, that we were told to, um, to be in lockdown. So yes, I, I think everything that you just said resonates so much for me right now. Um, and as the district's, you know, SEL director, um, this is a conversation that I'm having with a, a lot of different people. Um, so to your point, um, dysregulated adults um, and dysregulated students in a dysregulated system right now um, with so many unknowns and so many um, uh, so much anxiety, um, that rubber band can only be stretched so much and then it yeah. snaps and, and, um, and, and, you know, we risk re-traumatizing people. So, th- so there, there is that um, sort of unintended, um, unknown and consequence that we have to really be holding front and center in any planning that, that we do. Um, and what you just shared reminds me of the conversations I'm having with leaders in our system, with, with teachers in our system. And specifically, I'm, I'm thinking of a school um, where, you know, a- academic has been front and center Instruction and rigor um, has always been the priority. Um, but recently, a few months ago, um, I had a conversation, a heart-to-heart conversation with um, the leader who you know, came to this realization and this acknowledgement um, that while academics is really important, um, that social-emotional learning has to now more than ever be amplified in a real mm. way. Um, and this, I think, um, came from some personal evolution, uh, personal experiences with his own child and the experiences of watching um, his own child struggle during, during these times and then watching the way um, his child's teacher responded. <laughs> There's a lovely sweet puppy sounding yeah. <laughs> right now that's so, so needed. No, it's perfect. There's a dysregulated puppy in our system. (laughs) Yes. Adults, kids, puppies. Yeah. So I think that that moment of reckoning for him in terms of really observing how um, his child's teacher attended to her and then seeing the change uh, in her really caused a moment of pause and reflection for him in terms of how he too can also attend to the adult's under his care um, and making sure that the adults are also prepared as we're thinking about reopening and planning for uh, our return, that we're not also further traumatizing our adults and further dysregulating them. So I think part of that realization led to, okay, so what can we do? What are some things we can be setting in motion right now um, before we bring our, our students back? Uh, um, so they did some healing. They, they allocated a whole meeting um, to holding healing circles for the whole school, for the, for the staff. Um, and then as a result, continuing to have those conversations with staff, um, really amplifying the worries, amplifying the concerns, the anxieties, um, so that he can better uh, attend to and be responsive to the needs of his adults and really prepping his system to receive students on day one, knowing that all of what they're doing right now is going to mitigate 
the unknowns, the uncertainties, the re-traumatization that could potentially surface um, given the strange, strangeness of, of, of everything that we're going through. And, and again, the unknown of what hybrid learning can look like, right? Bring students in or some students in and then having to also teach to the students via Zoom while mm-hmm. also teaching to some students uh, in person. That's causing a lot of anxiety. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think part of the reckoning was just really the importance of the value of the adults in our system and how we can really help them to better position uh, the way that they show up to truly care for, for students. And what's, I mean, thank you so much for sharing that. It's a really, I think a really powerful story. And a couple of things that really stand out to me is that um, this is a school leader who historically has put academics first, right? It was all about academics. Um, and was a bit of a tough sell to some degree, right? You know, uh, to say like SEL is really important and we need to create space for it. And it was through his own experience of watching his daughter struggle and then watching the teacher um, really, uh, I guess, see his daughter uh, adjust the agenda to say, right now, academics isn't the most important thing. You are the most important thing. But then got back to the academics, right? It wasn't like, you know, we're going to just totally throw this out. And that then allowed him to understand that uh, there is value in this. There's tremendous value for students and adults in working on those relationships, right? Relationships before rigor. And that then that allowed him to create space with his staff. um, And he demonstrated his own vulnerability in those healing circles, Um, And I just find that really meaningful and really powerful. I mean, I think we all have our triggers, right? You know, um, for me, I don't really need to start one more Zoom meeting, you know, with a a breathing activity. (laughs) Um, You know, a lot of us have our triggers about like, okay, here we go again. Um, But that whatever... Whatever it is that that uh, moves you, right? Whether it's you know uh, mindfulness or breathing or whatever, or just focusing on the relationships. However, you make meaning of that, focusing on those relationships and creating space for uh, relationships for regulation activities when a student or adult is dysregulated has to be prioritized, or the learning can't take place. I just I find that to be um, just a great great story, and uh, Hannah, I think you have a, a similar story. Is that right, or or a similar strategy anyway? Yeah, I, so I am working with a school district actually outside of Sacramento, and it's a district that has been um, has gone through years of trauma due to uh, catastrophic wildfires that occurred in their community. And so they have really spent the the last several years rethinking schools and really having to pivot in unprecedented ways. And I think in many ways, this pandemic just felt, I mean, I, what was the word you used earlier, Chris? I think crushing, was that it? Catastrophic, I think I used, but either one, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, really, I think for this community, um, It was just on top of so much tragedy, having students have to go home again because the pandemic was just catastrophic. And 
it's interesting because I was talking to a district leader at that school, or I'm sorry, in that community recently, and she was sharing that one of her high schools is actually, they started hybrid learning um, maybe one or two months ago, and they're now doing an A-B schedule, and it was a high school where there was a huge focus on behavior management before, and um, and a huge focus on SEL. So both of those things were prioritized, but teachers were feeling incredibly, or the sense I get is teachers were feeling incredibly overwhelmed um, at that school. And on top of the fires and then the pandemic, talk about a breaking point, like a real, real challenges. And so they've started this AB schedule there and this new way of doing school um, has actually, it sounds like, been incredibly successful for the students, for the staff, to the point that now they're advocating um, to continue doing this work or doing school in this way long term, really with this idea that those students who are in school, those smaller classroom sizes can lead to strong relationship building and really being able to focus on relationships and SEL and individualized attention. And then for those other students, figuring out ways to really do project-based learning um, and community service during times that they're not in the classroom. And so it was It was really interesting talking to this principal because here's a community that's gone through so many challenges. And through all of that, there was this amazing lesson um, in terms of we're not going back to business as usual. We're not trying to go back to the normal that occurred before these wildfires, we really want to rethink how we're doing business to make sure it better meets the needs of our students and our staff. Um, and it's, it's yeah. really interesting just what, what's happening to me as I'm listening to you. Like I, like I literally, like my heart almost fluttered a little bit when you said like, we're not going back to business as usual. That is like, that's so freeing for me to hear. And so, because I, I have a real fear. Like it's a, it's a genuine fear that when we reopen schools, we're going to try to go back to, you know, um, and, and again, I'm not trying to be dismissive, but like, we're going to go back to, you know, the do now on the board and, you know, the double lessons of ELA, uh, the double lessons of math. We're going to try to, you know, really like make up for lost learning and we're going to go back to the way it has always been done when nothing, there is no normal, nothing is normal. And so when you say that they, as a district have made the decision, we're not going back to business as usual. Well, that just makes so much sense. And it's, so, it, it, it's so exciting to me because my fear is that with dysregulated adults, welcoming dysregulated children coming from dysregulated homes into a dysregulated system, we are preparing for just a tidal wave of, um, I, I don't even know what, but like, you know, if we start thinking about behavior management, if we start thinking about, um, you know, uh, compliance, um, I just, I, I think that, you know, my you've used the term re-traumatizing. We are setting ourselves up to re-traumatize everybody the kids, the adults, the families, 
Um, and so these, these, these uh, examples of success within these challenges are really just phenomenal. And Mycey, I feel like you have other examples. There are other strategies that you and your team are putting together and you're seeing working to some degree um, in terms of how can individuals, classroom leaders, school leaders, system leaders, what are the things that we can do and focus on to set ourselves up for success? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think really amplifying um, adult self-care and really, well, I would say amplifying adult self-care and community care um, are really critical um, at this time. So as we think about reopening, um, what does that look like or what are the possibilities for um, amplifying that? Um, And I really am thinking a lot about what, you know, Hannah just said about this sort of, what are some innovative, creative ways that we can get better at our current structures. And and I feel like we're doing some things now um, that I hope will position our adults to, um, to be better ready and more prepared to support um, the communities of learners that they will be receiving. And so uh, just, you know, some of the things that we're doing, um, we're providing access for adults to um, apps, mindful breathing space. I know, Chris, you said it, you know, we don't need to do one more. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we're, we're saying mindful breathing, mindful moving, mindful resting, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not just, let's take a you know mindful minute. Yes, that's important. But also, how are we also um, taking those breaks? How are we um, being intentional about making sure that we are practicing those essential SEL skills of compassionate listening? Of Can- Yes, yes, Hannah. I, sorry, I'm just so curious. What does, what, I think you said mindful rest? Yes. Is that what you said? Can you share what that is? Yeah, so we, um, we, we did some work with, um, I don't know if I can say this, Chris, but uh, with Peer Edge, um, sure. yeah, with, with, with Peer Edge and their curriculum is completely free to educators. Um, so we did some work with our, our leaders a few years ago, and we brought some of their, their brain breaks into um, some of the trainings that we did with our teachers and our leaders this year. Um, and so it's around, again, mindful breathing is, is sort of noticing and paying attention to your breath. So we all know that. Uh, mindful moving is just being really thoughtful about um, the way in which we are also um, uh, bringing in, you know, exercise or movement into um, the way that we take care of our bodies. Um, and then resting is really about um, those calming, soothing spaces of, I call it chill time. <laughs> um, so one, obviously getting enough sleep. So making sure that we're, we're getting plenty of sleep. Um, how we're using um, art and music to have those moments of solitude, reading, mm-hmm. right? Um, gratitude journaling. So all of those things get that can really um, help to center our inner selves and lock out the noise that continues to come at us all yeah. the time, right? So um, again, just that that mantra really helps me to remember that um, mindfulness isn't just all about, you know, just take a minute and breathe in, breathe out. <laughs> That's important, you know, obviously, but there are many different ways. Like I, I was in, um, I'm sure I'm going off tangent now, but I was in a, a leadership cohort and we danced. We had a dance mm-hmm. party, 
right? So we got up and Whitney Houston was blasting. I want to dance with somebody <laughs> and 50 boxes of people doing whatever crazy dance that, you know, came and, and felt right for them. Um, and that was so fun. So mindful moving. Right? <laughs> um, well, also, I just, uh, I'm loving these examples. And I also just want to say like, um, to some degree, language is important, of course, but also um, we don't have to call it mindfulness, right? Because I mean, what, what you're describing is in many respects, I think what Ruler, you know, from the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence, they call the meta moment, mm-hmm. right? And <laughs> how are you bringing intentionality and meta, you know, uh, meta basically my understanding is like, how are we thinking about our thinking, right? So how are you pausing as adults to say like, okay, what's working for us right now? And then doing that with the students, right? When a student has a revelation, it's like, okay, tell me how you came to that revelation. Like uh, describe that to me. Okay. What other areas of your life would it be important for you to focus? Would it be important for you to, um, you know, calm yourself down? Like those moments of like pausing and thinking about your thinking very similar, I think, to mindfulness. So if you're somebody like me who gets like slightly triggered by the word mindfulness, fine, then don't say mindfulness, say meta. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the important part is how are you bringing this component into your practice, which is think about your thinking, have a pause with some intentionality, whether it's intentionality to rest, intentionality to think about your thinking, intentionality to um, uh, uh, kind of regroup, um, just wanted to, to share that because the there are different examples of terminology that we can pull in if something doesn't quite resonate with you. So call it something different then. Yeah, you know, Chris, you're you're really bringing to mind um, this this quote that I use often, which I'm going to butcher right now um, from Viktor Frankl. Right, and I think a lot of people are familiar with Viktor Frankl, um, but it's this idea that between stimulus and response, there's a space, mm-hmm. and within that space lives our power right, to, to, to change and, and to grow. And so when you uh, said that, it, you know, just took me back to the simplest of, of strategy that we have um, shared with our adults is pause to respond, right? Just yeah. taking that pause, you know, whether we call it mindfulness breathing or mindfulness uh, pausing, or even just using a rubber band to snap yourself out of it. Yeah. Um, that, that's a strategy that, you know, um, I, I know, you know, has been helpful with a family member. Um, but but <laughs> I think it's just that pausing to notice what's happening with you in that moment. How is your body reacting to whatever stimuli or stimulus might be coming your way? And then being really thoughtful and reflecting on what does this mean for me? And it's those micro moments and they are truly meta as you call them. You know, I call them micro moments that can shift the way you impact others by your response. So we're not reacting, right? Because it's too easy to go, something happens, boom, this is how I'm going to react because I'm dysregulated. But if we can just practice that pause and be intentional and purposeful about why that's important to the way we engage and interact with, whether it's our, our spouse, right? Or our colleagues or our students, many students um, who are going to be dysregulated um, then I think we'll be better and we'll have relationships that we can repair much easier. Um, 
but, but if we're always in dysregulated reactionary mode, it is going to continue to perpetuate that cycle of harm and, and re-traumatization mm-hmm. that um, I do worry greatly. So, you know, back to your, your question, we are doing um, monthly, we call them maximizing adult SEL. And so we're practicing the very strategies that are in our many lessons that we, um, that our adults are teaching to their students. So for example, this month is integrity, right? And so the lesson will be as an adult, how do I also um, embody integrity and be authentic and tell my truth in a compassionate way, in the way that I attend to others? And then we're also doing um, mindfulness, um, monthly standing mindfulness uh, sessions um, that's available to our adults. And then every Monday, 15 minutes, mindfulness, um, mindfulness Mondays. I know it's an overused (laughs) mantra, but 15 minutes for folks who can um, attend. We are recording and we are sharing them out in weekly updates um, from our coaches to to our school sites. So those are the different ways that we're offering uh, strategies to support our adults with their self-care. Love it. One thing... So one thing that's really standing out to me, Micey, I I love all of the work that you all are doing there. And really this idea of pause, reflect, and how we're moving with intention is really sitting with me. Um, And it makes me think of an incident um, this week of someone I work with who um, is an amazing mental health clinician. She experienced um, a student who underwent like a crisis experience this week that was really, really challenging. And we spoke right afterwards. And of course, you know, when our students are going through trauma like this, it's going to have an impact on the adults as well. It's a reciprocal relationship. And so we had this conversation and I think uh, when I spoke with her, she And I was like, how are you doing? How are you going to take care of yourself this week? It was beautiful to me because she was like, well, first, I'm going to eat my lunch. Like, I need to take care of myself and just pause. And then she had a session coming up with another student. And she was like, I'm just going to enjoy the hell out of that session. I'm going to play games with that student. I'm going to soak in that positivity um, and really moved into that session and moved into her day with kind of intention around caring for herself um, to move through the experience she had. And anyways, I think it's a a great example of exactly what you're talking about in terms of there are going to be these moments where we're triggered, we're dealing with crisis, all of these pieces. So how are we taking that meta moment to pause, reflect, and move through the rest of our day with some level of intention. Um, yeah. And I, when we spoke the next day, she was like, that session was incredible, you know, and I would go ahead and guess that that was reciprocal in nature and was probably an incredible session for the student as well. Um, yeah. And then I think uh, what I think how she ended her day <laughs> um, is she said she got on the treadmill and then she watched some reality TV and ate some ice cream. And like, <laughs> and the next morning she was like, I'm good. Um, and so, you know, whatever it is you do for yourself, and we all know we're all the, are the experts of our own experience, right? Whatever it is you need to do 
whether it's exercise or reality TV or ice cream or all three, you know, do those things to replenish and restore yourself to then be able to show up again with intentionality the next day. Um, This has been a fantastic conversation uh, in many ways restorative for me. So thank you both. Um, This is not an easy thing, right? And this is not a one size fits all. And this is not a one and done. We have to continue to have these conversations. We need to continue to um, explore strategies for ourselves explore strategies for the adults we support and explore strategies with the young people that we serve and what works today might not work tomorrow. So give ourselves some grace, give ourselves some space and just keep showing up. Um, We'll continue this conversation uh, likely uh, ongoing for the next several sessions um, because it is a transition and we're going to need to be supportive of each other as we also support the systems that we serve. Um, thank you both very much. Really appreciate your expertise. And uh, yeah, any parting words for, for us? Well, thank you. And I always feel like these recordings are therapeutic <laughs> and healing. Mm-hmm. And so I always look forward to coming in and chatting with you guys. So thank you very much. Yeah, likewise. All right, Hannah, any parting words? Nothing. <laughs> You said it all? (laughs) We said it all. Fantastic. All right. Thank you both. Once again, my name is Chris Williams, joined by Hannah Collentine Cole and Micey Lee. This is Everyday SEL, and we look forward to uh, chatting with you again in a couple weeks. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. 